salutations and shit folks so welcome to i don't know if this is considered a delayed episode but yes i did skip last week um it's a lot going on my grandfather passed and my grandma hasn't been doing too well so i am dealing with quite a lot personally and I just couldn't do it last week. I was not in a space to record at all. So um, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for not being um, complete assholes about the lack of an episode. You are appreciated. And I'm back this week with uh, two lovely guests. And I hope that you uh, good folks enjoyed this week's episode. And still, I would much appreciate if you guys could, you know, like, rate, review the podcast on whatever platform that you're listening, as well as taking the listener survey for me. I would greatly appreciate hearing more from you guys to see what it is that you guys like about the podcast, things that you may want to see change about the podcast, and uh, suggestions that you have that you'd like to see get added to the show. I have a ton of different ideas, but, um, yeah, I'm curious as to what you guys have on, uh, the brain so that I know that I'm channeling the ideas that I have into a direction that will be best received for you guys. So, um, I'd appreciate those two things, liking and rating the show and taking the listener survey. Those, um, well, the link for that is of course going to be in the description box And uh, whatever you're listening to this uh, incredible sultry voice uh, on, whatever platform that is, appreciate if you like the show. Uh, Also, if you leave a review, this way more people can see the show and uh, you guys are kind of, you know, helping spread the good news. So without further ado, here's this week's episode. I made it around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode, and thankfully an episode where there are guests. So to my beautiful guests, thank you so much for joining me. Please go right ahead and introduce yourselves. All right, wonderful. Hi, my name is Whitney, and I originally hail from Oregon, um, but I've been living nomadically for the last five years, and I'm the co-founder of an amazing company um, called The Whole Experience, which is an international women's wellness retreat brand, which is a mouthful. (laughs) And I am Tanika. I am also the co-founder of The Whole Experience Retreat, also a digital nomad living nomadically, but I hail from Toronto, Ontario with Jamaican roots. Thank you both for being there. I have actually never been to either of your hometowns, never been to Oregon, never been to Jamaica. Um, Where are you guys located now? I'm currently in Mexico, nomading, calling Mexico home for the last three months. It's nice here. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, I'm current. 
I'm currently in amazing and exotic Kentucky. So yeah. generally around the holiday season, the family lures me back home and it's it's a trap and I'm gonna start being free from this like holiday visit because it's always so cold. Uh, but it is so heartwarming to see you with family for sure. Shout out to my bestie. My bestie's in Kentucky. So nice. question for you. How long have you guys been nomads? What led you to being nomadic? What is your origin story, if you will? T, you want to start off? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start off. So I am from corporate human resources, climbing the metaphorical corporate ladder, hit the metaphorical burnout, and just decided that there had got to be more to life than Mm -hmm. what I was living for me personally. It just wasn't aligned with my values and what I really wanted to get out of this one life we have to live. So I happened to move internationally to Hong Kong from Toronto, Canada with my work. And when I got to Hong Kong, I started traveling Southeast Asia on weekends for work. And I started seeing all of these digital nomads working from the beach with their laptops on their lap. And I was like, whatever y'all are doing, I need to get in on. So just in chatting with people, seeing how people are building businesses from their computer and living location independently and being able to travel and call a new place home, I was enamored. So ended up quitting my corporate job, always was into health and wellness, had lost 90 pounds and was coaching people and helping people and decided to turn my business online and then met this beautiful soul in Bali, Indonesia. So that is my story. I'll leave that cliffhanger for our meeting story because that's pretty special. <laughs> so when was this? Like, was this like early 2000s? Was this uh, the 20 teens? Uh, whatever was this? 20 teens. So we're talking okay. 16, 20. Okay. 2016, so about five years ago. Okay. And Whitney? Yeah, so I was in renewable energy, and then um, he who shall not be named got into office, which we all know was not a great time for many things, the environment and many other things. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go back to grad school. So I already picked out a grad school. I wanted to go for environmental business. Um, And I was like, but before that, I want to go on a proverbial gap year. So at the time I had student loans. I didn't have a lot of money, like liquid money. I was just starting to climb the corporate ladder. So I just started hustling and I was like, I'm going to get all the jobs. So I started working at a bar after my nine to five. I started driving for a lift. I started doing like anything and everything. I worked super hard for about a year. Um, I saved $20,000. That was my goal. I paid off all my student debt and everything. I liquidated all my assets, moved everything into a tiny, tiny little storage unit. And then I hit the road in that first year I did seven countries. Like I was on one. I was like, I got to see all the things before corporate takes me back. Um, and like my last country was where, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to take this one last, you know, long month to do yoga and focus on my health and wellness. And I just happened to meet this beautiful soul, which again, I'll leave, uh, for our meeting story, but my whole life changed after that. And I never went back to corporate. (laughs) So I gotta say my Bali trip didn't go (laughs) as fruitfully (laughs) as y'all did, but Bali was a good time for, for me and my experience. I don't think it gave what my impression of it was. Like I always saw the eat, pray, love kind of aspects of Bali, right? Where you go and I'm thinking in my mind, all right, I'm going to book um, a cleansing. I need to come back with less. I need to, I really got to focus and censor. And I don't feel like I did any of that. However, somehow it ended up being what I needed. Cause it, it, that's the one thing that I have found 
And another reason why I felt like you guys would be a good fit um, as guests is because I truly believe in intentional travel. I think that you can go into something with one mindset and come out with it come out with a better outcome than you could have designed on your own. If you just kind of give into the way um, things are going, not in the sense of a defeatist attitude, but more of a kind of allowing yourself to go with the flow or allowing yourself to kind of let the moment take you where, you know, the moment decides you need to be, it can result in bringing so much more to life for you. So what happened? What's your meat story? What happened in Bali? Take it away, T. So well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was trying to be vegan for a month um, because I've- Same. <laughs> I, I did mine in <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> I was like, if you're going to do it anywhere, do it in Bali. So I am not a vegan. I'm far from vegan. Neither I think <laughs> plant-based, but I'm definitely not vegan. Um, but I was like, let me try it for a month. So I was on like the day three of that and decided to go to this vegan restaurant and enjoy a salad. And out of nowhere, this beautiful soul sitting next to me asks what salad I'm having. I guess she was deciding which salad to order. We got to talking and after minutes realized that we shared the same birthday. Our birthday had just passed. We were both- One of your birthdays. One of your birthdays. I love birthdays. August 29th. Virgo. I'm a Leo. I'm August 7th. Yay, Leo. Right. Yay, August people. Who's August? Someone is August. I actually have two homegirls from elementary school, Krista and Erica, who are both August 29th. That's Michael Jackson's birthday, isn't it? Michael Jackson's birthday. Yes, it is. And that's how I remember August 29th. <laughs> Hogan's birthday. It's a very oh, shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, when we realized we had the same birthday, we were like, let's just live it up. And we started chatting and talking and we exchanged numbers and through like living it up and just kind of enjoying our birthdays. We we're both solo travelers. So we finally found a friend. We got to realize how like-minded we were. And we decided that I had kind of this vision and idea and I was, I had got left corporate not going back. Whitney was on her gap year. And I just started sharing all of the ideas I had with her. Wellness retreats in Bali. We're in the wellness retreat capital of the world, but there were nobody that looked like us on these wellness retreats. So we just started kind of talking about how we could create a space and kind of add some disruption to this industry that's so linear. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks, she changed her direction from going to law school, um, business school and hopped on the wagon. And we started a business after three weeks of knowing each other. And that was five, four or five years ago. That was the next I, question. I was going to ask, how long had you guys known each other before you decided to go into business? And that is, um, I don't, I would never say that is like, again, intentional because I feel like there are people that can meet in a day, get married the next day and have very happy, healthy relationships for forever in a day. That ain't none of my business. That ain't me. But I mean, I truly believe that could work, but I just feel, and I had talked to my boyfriend about this earlier. I really wanted to ask you ladies because, and I think it's a personal mental block that I had. So that was another thing when you had Whitney let it slip that you guys met in Bali and, you know, decided to start business together. I was so like, oh, that's the convo right there. Because for me, I can immediately think of friends that I love, friends that I adore, and I will call for, you know, times that I need a little bit of guidance or advice or someone to say, hey, girl, take this course that I created. Let me know if it makes sense. It makes sense in my head, but I need someone to look at it. But I can't think of 
wanting to work with a friend. And I was really curious as to what that felt like. Like, what was the difference? What stood apart about each other that made you both comfortable? One, initially, um, what made you comfortable with sharing that vision you had, Tamika? What made you comfortable with sharing the ideas that you had with ultimately like a stranger? And then what about your friendship made you want to kind of risk it and go into business together? I'll tackle, I'll tackle part A, you can tackle part B. Um, you know, when you just get that ping in your gut. So I had been doing a bit of like just brainstorming and paperwork because I was in Bali and my savings were running out. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to figure out some kind of a, a long-term okay. solution. And ultimately, you know, when I thought about what I was looking for for this business, what was missing was Whitney, her profile, a yogi, somebody who could connect the mind. I'm a fitness girl, but I wasn't necessarily in tune with the mindset and the mindfulness that I knew was necessary for specifically the demographic we wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. And I was interviewing yogis and nothing was clicking. And then there you have it serendipitously, I end up running into one and we just clicked and it was that ping inside of me. And I remember talking to my dad and I was like, I don't know this girl, but I have a vision. And my dad was like, time means nothing. Go with your intuition and your gut. And he kind of just sat me through all of the reasons why in his life, his long life, him trusting people and knowing people for 20 plus years, um, didn't really serve him in the long run. So I went with my gut and it worked. How about you, it? I'll definitely say I was super skeptical at first. I was like, I love Tamika, like right off to the bat, like when we met each other, I was ditching out on my yoga like <laughs> retreat and I was coming to work in cafes with her and like build this retreat idea and flush it out. And I was always like, oh, let's just put T2 like in this role of ownership instead of putting Whitney we'll put T2. And it was always kind of my idea of like, I'll help this beautiful soul that I really connect with and her idea come to fruition, but I'm going back to grad school. Like I got to go do this. And T was like, well, just do this first retreat with me. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, I got to do, I got to do what I got to do this. So I came back and we ran that first retreat and we had so many problems down to the fact that like two days before all of our girls arrived, mind you, we've been planning this for about six months. Our venue called and said, your venue is not ready. So rather than like, you know, after planning everything Mm -hmm. to a T, we're both type A Virgos. Everything's out the window. Oh God. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) We don't, women are arriving in 24 hours. We don't know where they're going to sleep. It is like so stressful. And we are on the back of scooters. Like Tamika's driving. I'm on the back. We're like, you know, becoming real estate agents and like just trying to find you. And it was so like high stakes, high stress. But really, we started to see where each other shines. Like Tamika is super, super focused and like she's really good at marketing and kind of enticing people to kind of come in. And I'm really good at logistics. And then we're also really good at balancing each other out in terms of like sometimes one of us will be like, oh, gosh, like this is not going to work. And the other one like kind of brings us back down. And so we really had that kind of yin and yang, but then also beautiful combination of like, because we're both type A Virgos, we didn't like create excuses. Like we both knew this was a business and it was important. And I really appreciate that because sometimes in Bali and nomads and stuff, you don't always find that. And it's hard for somebody like my personality type to get down with that. I'm like, no, we got to get the work done. And we've always kind of both been like that. But 
after that, like midway through that first retreat, we were exhausted. Like things are going beautifully on the front end, but we were just energetically drained. But we both looked at each other and we're like, this is it. Like, this yeah. is the best job ever. Um, and I mean, now we run, you know, dozens of retreats around the world, four different continents, changed hundreds of people's lives um, on those retreats specifically. And it's just been a beautiful experience. So tell me more about that. What exactly do you ladies provide with uh, the whole experience and what demographic do you serve? Um, So our retreats are really like with this ideology and mindset that and give so every day in your life you're the you know the wife you're the sister you're the co-worker you're all these different roles and there's just not a lot of opportunity women typically more so than I think anyone else puts ourselves on the back burner and so what Tamika and I really wanted to do is create a really open inclusive space particularly for women of color, because that's what we saw being underserved in the retreat space to come together, come one, come all anywhere from like, we have had a tribe member that was 16 years old. We've had a tribe member that was 66 years old. Um, We have women that are celebrating their 40th birthday. We have women that are mourning loss. We have just so many people that are something they reset. They need a change of pace. They got to shake it up. They want to adventure, explore the world. And we're really kind of one of those more approachable retreats. I would say we're not like all yoga or all one type of thing. It's like, Mm. you're going to have morning meditation, but then you're also going to be listening to like hip hop and working out with Tamika. We're going to do face masks and watch movies, but we'll also probably do like a cacao ceremony and healing. So it's really kind of a well-balanced, super approach of like, if you want to get into healing, you want to build community, but it's kind of a new space for you. It's not too woo, if you will. Um, it's just a really nice blend of like, I think what everybody kind of needs deep down in their heart. T, would you add anything? Yeah, and I would just say we have a lot of fun. A lot of retreats are just very like, you can heal, you can be healthy and you can have fun. We're here to show you like they can all coexist. So mm-hmm. We're, we're crying one night at a women's circle, letting it all out. And the next day we're like zip lining in Costa Rica or going on safari in Kenya. Like it's just a really beautiful balance of what we think wellness really is. So it's really a holistic wellness retreat when it comes to the aspects of just things people need. Okay. So what type of uh, different modalities do you ladies like tap into? Have you ever um, done any um, medicinal retreats? Um, like I know a lot of people are um, getting into the ayahuasca and those types. And then you also have, I know I'd done an episode with a young lady that did um, sound healing. I've done Reiki before. Um, like what type of modalities do you generally uh, incorporate? Yeah. So every morning we do meditation and we do like breath work. And so there's definitely a lot of internal work where we're kind of holding up that mirror and letting people kind of work through stuff. We also have health and wellness workshops um, where we do things like writing up your, you know, your excuses and giving forgiveness and all these different things. So a lot of internal reflection work. Um, And then we also, you know, do, we had two different sound therapy healings that we did in Costa Rica, we did a cacao ceremony healing. So whatever is kind of germane and unique to like, particularly in that culture and what we can connect Mm. with, it's super important for us that we are able to find things that deeply resonate that you're finding a lot of in that area. Um, And then we kind of bring it 
to use level with us. It's not, oh, I'm going to a sandals or a club man. I'm getting right. a super curated experience. Like we get you off the beaten path. So you experience real South Africa, real Kenya, real Costa Rica, meet real people that are practitioners there, healers there. And I think that really resonates deeply with a travel experience. It's like a real experience. Yeah. That's what I was going to um, follow up with. Like, where exactly do you have um, your, like, where do you decide? Not necessarily in terms of um, destination, right? But how do you narrow down within a country, in a city, and then into a community? And what kind of, what do you go through to not just choose, but then make sure or ensure or attempt to have the most offerings for the participants in your retreats? Like what types of things do you keep in mind so that like on like what you had mentioned with um, the cultural experiences, do you work with um, small owned businesses? Do you focus on like women owned businesses? Like what types of things set you apart from other wellness Mm -hmm. retreats that you may look into booking with? I'll take over how we kind of identify um, the locations. And so we never host in a place that we haven't been personally. Um, So usually we kind of go there collectively. Tamika and I have been to over 100 countries. So um, that gives us a nice kind of bucket to choose from, which is really great. And we also are able to use it as an excuse of like, oh, we got to go there so we can see if we could host a retreat. But also it kind of gives us the opportunity of like, once our ladies arrive, it's like they know their drivers. They know like we create families and communities everywhere we go. We also identify nonprofits that are more community-based. You know, of course, there's your really big agencies around the world, but unfortunately, a lot of that money doesn't kind of go into small-scale, actually participatory development. And so our goal with our nonprofit arm which is called We Give Back, we allocate a portion of the proceeds from those people's retreats into local nonprofits. So we've been able to support like after school programs in South Africa and actually take the women to those schools where the kids are are, you know, getting to learn arts and crafts and the kids get to perform for them and they get to help them color and paint and like really get to see, you know, how their funds are being utilized. We built a well in Indonesia. Uh, we did, we worked with indigenous tribes in Colombia in a woman's collective that do uh, basket weaving and helping uh, at-risk women that are uh, violence, uh, domestic violence um, survivors and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of important for us to really recognize that travel can be a way to create community and to understand a fellow human and to really kind of recognize that even though somebody might be living a drastically different lifestyle, you might still be able to find a commonality and be able to make each other laugh and experience joy and healing. Um, So that's kind of one way that we help women get off the beaten path. And T, I'll kind of let you chat about, you know, some of the, the items that we support and how we kind of make it really unique for the ladies. So we typically always go kind of local when it comes to vendors and stuff like that, because that's just how Whitney and I roll. We are travelers through and through. We live our life on the road. So we'll often live in a country for about a month before we even host in a country. We get to know drivers. We get to know their families. We go to dinner with them. They become literally family. So when we're going on vendors, it's with our villa, when we're going with the new vendors, with our villa owners, cousins, friend, or the person that's it's just, it's a family kind of type business. And I don't know how else to describe it, but when you come in, you're just a part of the family too. And you get to know our villa owners and our vendors. And it's this beautiful grassroots organic, even though we've grown at such scale, um, it's beautiful grassroots organic like culture 
that we've really been able to instill with the women. And we have like, I think for every 10 women, seven come to another retreat. So we're just wow. now building, growing this type of family that's massive and big and welcomed and it's, it's special. That's one thing that I got to say, I've appreciated about a lot of the hosts that I've found in different places. The hosts be the plugs. If you, if you know who to ask, how to ask, and if you kind of curate, because I'm personally an Airbnb girl, not really a fan of a resort because I feel like a Marriott is a Marriott is a Marriott. And I would prefer being able to feel as if I am part of the community that I'm staying in. And I think the easiest way to do that is when you just stay in some place similar to the way the rest of the people in the community live, rocket science, right? But I've also found that a lot of times if I just ask my host, hey, do you know a guy that does tattoos? I mean, my host in Bali is the one that put me on to the tattoo that I got. And that was a fun one. Like I came back from doing something. I think I was at the beach all day and I'm just about to jump in the shower and he calls and he's just like, yeah, the guy's outside to pick you up for your tattoo. Like he arranged for the guy to come down on his scooter. I'd never been, no, had I, I think I'd been on a scooter only once before. And so I rode with some stranger guy, someplace I didn't know to get a, a tattoo and it, it looked better on paper. I'll tell you that, but it's, now it's a story I can tell, but it's it just asking the host, Hey, do you actually have a driver to go here? And it turns out, yeah, actually I work with the guy that drives on the side. And so now this is the guy that takes me everywhere all week. It really behooves you, if you will ask questions. And it always is easier to start where you are. You don't necessarily have to research someone new to ask for information. You're already paying this person. So it's in their best interest to kind of ensure you have a good time. So you might as well just ask for what it is that you're looking for. And a lot of times you get what you want. So what led you ladies to wellness? Why not do a travel concierge service? Or why not do uh, just travel influencing? What about wellness and providing the service for other people made this something that was attractive to you ladies, ladies to do for, for work. Like you put a lot of time into this. This is a lot of effort. It's not like you're just curating. Like I know I tell people, no, I'm not booking a trip for you because I spent a lot of time doing that. You know what I mean? It's a lot of back and forth, tedious. Mm, maybe I want, maybe I don't to do this for a lot of people and then to give of yourselves during that experience, I think requires um, a special desire. And I'm curious what brought you both there. I'll kind of start. So I had personally lost 90 pounds. So I know what both kind of ends of the spectrum feels like from a health and wellness and vitality perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very much a health and wellness girl through and through since I lost the weight, became a coach and just started to realize the power that our healthy, able body has in all other aspects of your life. And then we have what's going on in our, <laughs> our world, specifically with our demographic, women of color, and how there's lack of access, lack of time, lack of um, knowledge and education around what wellness means. I think the industry's done a really great job at kind of scripting that for us mm -hmm. and it was really important for Whitney and I to and this is where the kindred spirits meeting in Bali oh my gosh you think the same way I think like this is when holistic wellness wasn't that cool it was like six right. years ago now everybody's meditating but back then it wasn't that cool 
Um, but we just connected on this idea that wellness is so much more. We both had our own very personal, intimate journeys. And it was just like, we need to bring this message to the world. And we were in Bali and the stars aligned. And now we're realizing that our retreats are a refuge for people in the world and the day and age it is like, people need to get out and tap back into their center and their core and get aligned with themselves and wellness. So now it's almost like it's a, it's a essential service in a way without taking away from the true essential service, but really and truly women need it. We give so much in society. It's, it's yeah. now a divine calling. It's an assignment personally, but it started off with just kindred spirits, like-minded ways of thinking our own wellness journeys and being like, this is a thing that people need to would you add anything? Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that like I had mine really came with mindset. And I think that's kind of why we're in the zones that we are is like, I had, you know, some eating disorders and things that I had battled with. And as I was like on this crazy roller coaster of just trying to connect with self-love and self-compassion, which is not easy in our society. Um, and it is like, when you finally like open up and share your story and then hear so many people being like, God, I've been waiting for someone to be real about that too. It's just like, it was so mind blowing on how we were able to create these beautiful connections with women that literally were strangers, like 24 hours later are sitting together in a room, crying, laughing, you know, going through all these emotions and coming to the other end formed people literally say like this this trip changed my life um I think that's kind of one of the most beautiful gifts you can give somebody is just a rest and a place to say you know this is a safe space for you to come and do what whatever it is that you need to do and I think it was meant for Tamika and I to kind of lead that voice because I am crazy about logistics. I love planning things to a T. Like we just both naturally kind of like, it gets me excited to plan trips. <laughs> and so like, I love doing all that stuff and reading reviews. And Tamika's like, oh, let's just pick that one. But like other things like Tamika will do for hours. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to do social media. I don't want to do marketing. Like, <laughs> So we balance. both naturally had this balance that it was like, mm -hmm. oh, we could do this. This is a really sustainable model because we are so passionate about this work and we have the know how to really actually implement and strategize and make it happen, which it's, it's definitely a really challenging role to run international retreats, to still be standing after COVID and a it, like global pandemic and still be alive and thriving. Um, it was not easy for sure. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I can but here we are. Yeah. So taking a step back, how did you ladies come to travel? I personally didn't leave the country until I was like 30. Like it just wasn't one of those things that I felt like was accessible to me. I always felt like, all right, well, I'll have a crew. I gotta wait for, all right, everybody's gotta be able to, I need people to go with me. I don't have, oh, I can't do a vacation. I don't have no man. Uh, I can't go anywhere with it. Uh, all right, well, I don't have like that job with that salary. Like I had a list of things that I thought like between friends, a man and a certain salary, I expected that once I check these off, no stopping me then. And after a while, it was just like, I don't like waiting for nothing. Like I don't wait for anything else. Like why am I waiting to travel? And I just ended up getting, I had a credit card at the time. So I was like, fuck it, ball out, let's go, let's buy a flight. And I did. And then I realized, wait a minute, it's not even that expensive. I'm thinking that traveling, like your baseline is like $1,500, like two, $3,000. And that's how you get to Europe. Or, and I'm, then I realized I could have been there for $600 this whole time. I could have done all of this like a week. And I had a, and that's, and for me, it just, I fell into it. Like I just got kind of tired of waiting. And then 
social media. I saw other Black women that were traveling solo around the world. And it, and it feels weird in hindsight saying, like, well, what do you mean? Like, you didn't think you could go. You grown. You read all these books. You read, like, you're well-educated. Why would it not occur to you? And, I, and a lot of it is representation. And you don't see what it does until you see what it does. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that you don't know that you don't know. And it's a limiting belief, obviously. And if you are given the opportunity to step outside of that belief system, I think that it opens so many doors. And for me, it was definitely social media and just coming to a time in my life where I had enough time being impatient. So that's what kind of got me to travel. I'm curious what brought you ladies to travel, because if you hadn't been in Bali, you wouldn't have met each other and you wouldn't be here. So what got you to where you were? What got you to the flight? What got you to the plane? You know, I'll start. Um, <clears throat> my story is interesting. I had traveled a lot, but kind of, you know, more conventional travels. So going to the Caribbean and stuff like that with friends, spring break, and then after that with Bay and things like that. So I had more conventional and more um, accessible travel. And then I went through a divorce and divorces are traumatizing and exhausting and debilitating. And I wanted to get away. Like it was a full on, I was running away from my problems. I can be the first to admit that and applied for this role with my company in Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong for three or four years. And that was like an escapist mentality. I just need to get away from the embarrassment of going through a divorce. We were only married for a year and I just wanted out. And it was a really brave move, but I have to, I have to admit, it was just, I wanted to get away from my problems. And then when I got to Hong Kong, that's when it clicked. That's when I started seeing how big this world is, how fascinating people are, how incredible cultures like are and how they invigorate you in different foods and Hong Kong is a hub for Asia. So hopping to all the little, all the little huge countries nearby were just, it was so accessible an hour flight, half an hour flight. And I was experiencing different cultures within a half an hour of like being plain. And it was just mind blowing. At that point I had like, you get the travel bug, you Mm -hmm. get it. And you're just like, oh, this is, this is the beginning of something huge. So that's my story. It wasn't necessarily like I had always dreamed. Of course I'd always dreamed at this point. It felt like such a big dream. It felt so inaccessible. It was one of those things like maybe one day, but it wasn't a realistic or approachable dream for me. It wasn't until I went through that traumatic experience where I was like, I need help. That's my Mm -hmm. story. How about you? Oh gosh. So I, Grew up kind of unconventional. Um, I went to third grade in Mexico. My fourth grade year was my first year of like real school in like America. People were like, where's your state testing? Where's this? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up like with four cement walls and a guy dictating in Spanish. Like, oh, that's what I know. <laughs> um, and so my both my parents were divorced and so but they both loved to travel my father worked for the state department so he was traveling a fair amount for work and things so I had kind of caught the travel bug very early on in life and so when I became a global nomad you know my parents were kind of like why are you doing this like you're so far away but I was like it's your own fault like you guys always like taught me how to travel and so um you know I went to I did an exchange program when I was in high school and so definitely it's just kind of been in my blood of 
Like I love living abroad. When I was in college, I lived in Argentina. Um, and so I think for me, I was really, really blessed at a young age that my parents were unconventional, took me out of school. And I, you know, people at the time were telling my mom she was crazy. She was a single mom. She had no money, but she just moved us all down to Mexico. And I ended up graduating from college with Latin honors, like, and I was fine, you know, it's like, I think mm -hmm. education comes from travel in a way of like, no other, it makes you adaptable. Um, yeah. And it's a like school out in the world It's learning streets and learning cultures and learning um, how to connect and thrive. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can learn in life. So I'm very, very lucky that travel bug get, got me at a young age and it hasn't let go yet. <laughs> So did either of you come from uh, Whitney, you mentioned you had like a more non-traditional upbringing. Do either of you have any like familial uh, entrepreneurial experience? I know I had asked um, a digital nomad that I um, am loose friends with. And I was just like, girl, how, what are you doing with like taxes? Like, well, when did you figure out this LLC shit? Like I did, I filled out what they asked me to fill out and I paid for an attorney to do it for me because it's just not my wheelhouse. That is not, I'm big pictures, ideas. I, the minutia just doesn't resonate with me. Did either of you have that, um, you know, some person in your life that you could go to and talk to about forming a business about, or did you see other people, um, start businesses? Like what was that experience for you? Girl, we're still learning. <laughs> We are still learning, but in all, in all honesty, I went to business school, so, but mm. business school is so not practical. Like I had to dust off my tech, like textbooks and like, what is like net income? Like it was like, it was starting everything again. And honestly, you learn as you go. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, I didn't have anybody, anybody in my life that was entrepreneurial or that I could go to. I didn't really have or seek mentors. Now I'm just starting to see the value in that. We learned as we go. We Google University. We we strapped. We we we. I can't say that there was any. It was business school probably that helped me, but business school for me was just more theory. Mm -hmm. Putting it into practice means a whole another thing. Yeah. Yeah. We educate ourselves a lot. We go into courses a lot. We we now have to self educate. We hire coaches. We we definitely take the initiative to learn, but it didn't come easy. Would you agree with? Oh, goodness. We could write books and books and books about how not to write an app, build an app, how not to host a retreat, how like how not to build a course. Like every this initiative that we've done and an amazing growth experience. Like if you want business school quite ready to take on that $50,000 debt, just try starting something because I tell you what, you will learn so quick. <laughs> mm hmm. So what is on the road coming up? We're still navigating COVID. How are you ladies dealing with the constantly challenging and uh, changing um, requirements? You're also navigating 10 plus other people, you know, from different places. And now do you generally just have women come from the States or do you have women come in from other countries as well to, um, come to the retreats we've had come, come, women come from all over but predominantly the u.s okay so there are between no you shall not pass like we don't want you here in terms of covid to now testing i know i have friends that were in colombia the like 
for two, three days. And then the president, you know, said that you had to test to get back in. Like rules are changing very quickly, like in the middle of your trips type situation. How are you ladies navigating that? Not just as like a business, but as people, because this is a very people centric experience. And I know that it can be very difficult to navigate your own self in the midst of all of this. And then you have other people that you're responsible for um, assisting. How has that been for you? And what are you guys doing to continue to service your, what do you call them? Retreatants? <laughs> your like retreat members? Your, I don't know what the fuck you call tribe them. Members. Call them. Tribe members. There we go. To service your tribe members. How are you guys navigating COVID with that? So I'll let Whitney talk on the logistics because that is her zone of genius. Um, but I would say we we honored COVID and all of its severity um, once March 2020 hit. We were in the middle of a retreat when in March 2020. So like sending people home, canceling a retreat the next week, like we went through oh. that. That's another story. Um, and then we decided to stay put and we learned the power of being still because we had been traveling. We've been calling a new country home every month for like three years. Like it was intense. Mm. So being still felt really good. And I say all this to say after about eight months, we were like eight to 10 months. We were like, okay, this is fun, but we're ready to travel again. The world wasn't ready yet. So we had started navigating travel early 2021. We had decided to meet in Bali and we did three months in Bali. I then traveled all of Europe. Um, and I just started figuring out how to navigate this new normal because I had realized that while rest was lovely, this thing wasn't really changing and we weren't really getting a grasp on what travel was going to look like. And I just personally couldn't put my life on hold anymore. I still had nomadic juices inside of me. So we had been traveling through the preponderance of the majority of COVID we've been traveling. And I say all this to say, because I'll let Whitney talk about the business stuff. We kind of know how to navigate these streets. We know how to kind of, we've just been able to do it. I think I've been to about 10 countries since COVID has gone underway. Okay. So we've just been able to really understand the alerts. We have people on the ground. We have, we, we just, we've you've got a network to be able to, yeah, just still kind of like live our life and, and honor this, this pandemic as well. But Whitney, you can maybe chat with, chat about the, the business side of things. Yeah, we just hosted two different retreats in Costa Rica. So we had about five women in November and December of last year of 2021. Um, that was our first retreat out of the pandemic. And what we really did was like, we worked with people that are in the healthcare industry. We worked with lawyers. We worked with everybody to really kind of build a protocol. Um, and we actually go above and beyond government standards. So um, Costa Rica didn't require a negative PCR test, but we did. So we had all of our participants arrive with a negative PCR test. Um, then we actually implemented quick tests when everybody arrived within like 48 hours of arrival. We did daily temperature tests. We tested all of our staff we really made sure like if you were in a closed space in a, in a van, that kind of thing, masks were on, but if you were on our compound and we rent out whole villas to ourselves, so women can really feel that like comfortable, safe experience, then masks are off and we forget that this crazy thing exists. Um, so it was a nice blend of like still getting to go out and travel and experience, but doing it in a little bit, you know, normally we are like, go, go, go do all the things, but we were able to find a really nice blend of like, okay, maybe we're not going to go out to the sound therapy healing, but we'll bring somebody in. And so we just yeah. kind of asked ourselves as these business, as a business of like what we could do to really protect women's safety 
what women were really craving and needing at this time, which was like rest, restoration and healing and that kind of thing. So each one of our retreats has a different theme. Um, so, you know, we really try to make sure like right now, women we're going to be hosting in Kenya, actually Kenya is low on the CDC ranking for risk. So there's actually a more likely chance of you getting COVID in America than there is mm -hmm. in Kenya, which is just amazing. Um, so those are kind of some of the things that we're identifying and we have amazing networks on ground. So we're chatting with everybody, looking at the local government standards. They actually changed it from like a 72 hour PCR test being required while we were on retreat to being 24 hours. Fine. We call our doctor. They come and do the PCR test for all the women. Oh, we got good. them all taken care of and we got them home. So it's like we really build strong community connections wherever we go. So it's like we're working, you know, with our, our family and we just make it happen. Whatever needs to happen to put the ladies first, their safety, their wellness, their happiness. That's what we do. And for me, that's the sell. That's the selling point right there. Yeah, that's the sell. Like to me now, it's just like, OK, tell me how much. Because if I know that I can alleviate all of the work to figure that out, you got me. All you, all, it only becomes a matter at that point is like, do I have you? Do I have the money? You know what I mean? Now it's just like on me to figure out the finances. But I think that that is the distinguishing factor that would make me comfortable. Because I think that everyone is allowed to, um, I, I, I try to give grace to everybody whether you're ready to travel, whether you're not ready to travel, whether you're vaxxed, whether you're anti, whatever your thing is, that's your thing. That is you. I understand that not everybody has the, um, the same process for finding peace either. Some people find peace alone. Other people find peace in community. I totally get and have friends that are absolutely like, you know, life of the party. I really need to be around people. I get energized from that. That brings me joy. And then I've got people that are in my personal life that don't question like why I didn't show up and take it personal because it's just like, well, no, she just likes being by herself. She likes being in the house. Everyone's got their thing. But when I know that someone has a list of different ways to make my thing work for me so that I don't have to do the legwork and the following the up with this person to this is changing. And also that you're paying attention to what's happening. I am able to now focus on myself. I'm able to have a good time. I'm able to check in with whatever I'm checking in with. And I know that all those bases are covered. So what is your next retreat? When is that? Where is that? How do we get information for the retreat that figures it out for us? We're going to Kenya. The motherland is a very special place. I've been going every year personally for the last six years. Um, and just it's, it's a place that centers me, grounds me. Um, so Whitney and I, as we kind of looked at 2020, 2022, so hard to say that, um, and decided like where, what feels right. It kind of just felt like we need a grounding, we need an adventure, we need excitement. So we're gonna be in Kenya from March 7th to the 14th. Oh, that's and soon. That's now, now I'm thinking about like, like we're out of January at this point and February ain't but a breath. Uh-huh. And then we're gonna be headed to South Africa for two retreats. Um, South Africa is like home. We've been going for the last three or four years. Uh, Kenya, I'll maybe chat about Kenya and what you can talk, chat about South Africa. Kenya is going to be a really exciting one. The theme is adventure. So to go to the, the whole experience.org 
um, all one word, thewholeexperience.org, and you can see all of our retreats and stuff. But Kenya's going to be an adventure because for the first time ever, we're going to be doing a two-parter where one part of the retreat is going to be beachside. I don't know if people know, but Diani Beach in, in Kenya is stunning. Um, we spent a month there last year or in 20, yeah, in 2020. So we're going to be beachside, doing the yoga on the beach, getting all the zen, doing the snorkeling with dolphins. We have some really cool adventures and things happening in, in the beachside. And then we're going to pack up for the first time ever. We've never done a dual location, dual vibe. Oh, and we're going to go on safari. We're going to go to a camp and we're going to go on safari and see the big five, see the elephants, the giraffes, um, all the, the lions. And we're going to have an adventure and we're going to be going for game drives morning and night and then finding time in the day to do our typical meditation workouts and just have a really exciting dual experience in one of the most fascinating countries in my opinion in the world which is Kenya because it is just so diverse in what you wow. so that's Kenya and I think what you can maybe chat a little bit about South Africa yeah I'll just say like I love that you touched upon like having somebody handle the logistics for you and worry about it because like if you plan the trip it's just like gosh where are we gonna go out to eat should we read reviews like okay where should we go this and your whole trip if you don't plan it out ahead of time can just be like mm -hmm. reading reviews and making plans okay. and it's like you don't want to do that you do that in your own life and so what I love about our retreats is like we plan everything for you like once you hit us it's like everything's paid for everything's taken care of so South Africa is a really beautiful experience like with all of our retreats we have our own private chef so it's like wake up in the morning our villa is right at the base of Table Mountain so we do meditation right there looking oh. at Table Mountain we hike up Table mountain we really believe in like getting movement because it feels good um we go and go to you know robin island where nelson mandela was imprisoned we go to district six museum really learn about the apartheid and then it's this really great place to kind of feel connected and learn about another culture and then go, you know, to Stellenbosch, which if it's unique to that culture and important, like wine tasting, you know, we will, even though we're health and wellness retreat, we go wine tasting in Spain and, you know, Italy and South Africa. So we'll go wine tasting with the girls, which is always such a vibe. Um, and then we're really, really connected with our nonprofit work there. So we actually have, um, the people that are helped through these programs, they help train and educate, um, you know, teenagers so they can get jobs. Um, so we get to work with them and learn about what they're doing. And so they come on site. And so it's a really kind of beautiful experience. Like if you're looking to connect with real people, to connect with history and culture, I would definitely say South Africa, Cape Town is like probably one of the most magical, majestic places. It's, it's very special. It's on the short list. Well, I've only done, uh, I want to say Morocco. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Africa. Yeah, but it's not Africa. You know what I mean? To me, it's like the Middle East. <laughs> Apples, orange, it's not what I envisioned for my return. You know what I mean? But it was like, hey, I did it. This was the first time I think. What was that the first time? I don't know. I'd done Morocco pretty early into my travel. Because uh, similar to you, Whitney, I, I like whoosh 25 countries in like three years that was it it was like we getting them in we getting them in and then I just happened my passport expired and I've been being such an asshole about renewing it but I absolutely want to do um way more of Africa like I personally I really think I would want to do Ivory Coast first I think that's what I've got in my mind but 
we'll see what my pocket says when the time comes. <laughs> we will see what that looks like. So where can we find more information if we're interested in booking a retreat, if we're interested in, you know, connecting with you so that we can just follow along so that we can be in touch with you for when, you know, the time is right for us to retreat. So it's thewholeexperience.org, just like it sounds, thewholeexperience.org, all in word, or follow us on Instagram, whole underscore experience. And what we would suggest is definitely signing up for our newsletter. You can do that via our website or via our Instagram, but that's where we give first like announcements of new retreats, launches, um, first dibs basically to our newsletter because our retreats tend to go very quickly. So have I missed okay. anything? Have I missed anything else with? No. And like, if you're just like looking for travel inspiration community and like we share health and wellness tips and that kind of thing. So even if you're like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for a whole on experience, um, but I am kind of looking like Tamika and I are very real and honest about our experiences. We share, you know, tricks and, and we go live once a week on our Instagram. And so we, we call it vibe. So we just love connecting with people that are like-minded that are in the pursuit of happiness, joy, and travel. So just come on over and connect with us. Send us a DM. We love chatting with people. And I see that you ladies have very graciously offered a, um, a code for traveling shit listeners. You want to let them know about that? Yeah. So the code is going to be $300 off either our uh, Kenya, which is March 7th through the 14th or our South Africa retreats, which is March 20th through the 27th or April 1st through the 8th. So if you've got the travel bug, if you were like, this is my sign, this is the time then we're even going to give you a little bit of a discount to help get you there. And if you have questions, like we have talked to mothers, we've talked to husbands, we have helped people be on the phone while they're booking their tickets. Like if you are nervous, but you are craving something like this, like this is a white glove service and really a way to kind of dip your toe into the travel world. And do you generally cater to solo travelers or more of like a group experience? What is like if someone wanted to go with them and their homegirls, do you kind of arrange? And then question, everybody, I assume, pay, like figures out their own flight to the retreat or is like, what are you, what is your package offering? What's like included? So the cost includes the moment you come to our retreat, you put your wallet away and everything is taken care of. Um, but the flight thing is difficult because of this the time. So we do offer truly a white glove service. Like Whitney wasn't joking. We've been on the phone with people as they're booking their flights and we have a beautiful team and we know how to navigate these Google flight streets and we're able to kind of help find deals and stuff. So those people who are a little bit more timid and need a bit more support, we're here for you because we recognize that travel is just different these days and people need that extra hand and we're here to hold that hand for you. And then when it comes to solo versus group, both, we've had a whole family attend a retreat, a mother and her so daughter. Cute. It was amazing. It was like a mother, three daughter trip. We've had friends come, but I would say the preponderance of our clients, our tribe members are solo travelers. About 90% of our clients that come are solo travelers because they're there waiting for their friends. They're waiting, they're yeah. tired of waiting. So they just come on their own and then they basically get 14 to 20 like-minded women on the retreat with them. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible way to go and meet community, have that group dynamic, but not have to wait for anybody. You just do it. Yeah. 
And I think what's also nice is even if you are a seasoned uh, traveler, like if you've done any traveling, but if you haven't traveled much during the pandemic, it absolutely helps to have somebody else navigating all of the testing requirements, locations to be tested on, because you can figure out something, push come to shove at home. But once you get abroad and if anything comes up or changes that you weren't prepared for, it absolutely helps to have somebody else help you navigate all of that. I know that would be my concern. That is my primary concern in doing any international travel at this point is outside of the not having a valid passport, like I mentioned, <laughs> it's just the whole, I'm also in no rush to renew it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to pay attention to who is requiring X, where am I getting tested? If I end up in, um, Ireland a month from now, what if they change? Uh, where do I go? Who do I call? And it would behoove you uh, second time this uh, episode if you are looking to travel and even if you are familiar with your you know your typical book here go here do this Expedia buy eight or whatever during this time if you really wanted to just dip a toe uh put a hip into the uh dance ring it would be helpful to have somebody in, in my ex- uh what, what's the word I'm looking for in my opinion that's not stuff I want to navigate. It's the other end. It's the knowing that you guys have that network. I can figure out Queens. I can figure out New York. I got tribe here. I ain't got nobody in Israel. You know what I mean? Like I don't have anybody in Ireland. So I would definitely, um, that's making me want to, cause I've never been a retreat kind of girl. I've never done, um, traditional group trips. Like I've never gone on a solo trip to then, travel with others it's always just been me or me and a friend or me and my mom or me and my boyfriend but I'm very very interested in for shits and gigs I'm not interested in going on a cruise but I can't really say I don't like cruising because I've never done one I can't say I don't like group travel because I've never done one so I am definitely putting you guys on my short list my short list of different travel groups to actually go on a group trip with because I really think that there is a space, a certain special that something, there's something in there that I can get from it. And I'm not going to know what it is until I try it. Honestly, travel is so much more than vacation. And I really thank you ladies for sharing your story with me and with my audience. Thank you again for the discount code. So get on that because it is for the March and April trips, the March 17th through no March 7th to 14th for Kenya and March 20th to 27th for South Africa and April 1st through 8th for South Africa. So that's your window. If you're interested, definitely head over to thewholeexperience.org. Whitney, Tamika, thank you so much. I appreciate you ladies for being here with me and sharing. And I am looking forward to seeing how the retreat grows because I ain't got it for March, but I want to see them pictures. I definitely can't wait to see you ladies um, in the future someday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye, guys. See y'all on the internet. All right, so I'm going to stop the recording because there's a button for that someplace. Oh, here you go.